Act Four of The Roaring Girl by Thomas Middleton and Thomas Decker. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act the Fourth. Scene One. Our room in Sir Alexander Wengrave's house. Enter Sir Alexander Wengrave. Unhappy in the follies of a son, led against judgment, sense, obedience, and all the powers of nobleness and wit. Enter Trapdoor. O oh, wretched father! Now, Trapdoor, will she come? In man's apparel, sir. I'm in her heart now, and sharing all her secrets. Peace, peace, peace. Here, take my German watch hanged up in sight that I may see her hang in English for it. I'll warrant you for that now. Next session's rids her, sir. This watch will bring her in better than a hundred constables. Hangs up the watch. Good trapdoor, sayest thou so? Thou cheerst my heart after a storm of sorrow. My gold chain, too. Here, take a hundred marks in yellow links. That will do well to bring the watch to light, and worth a thousand of your Edborough's lanterns. Place the a thousand of the court cupboard, let it lie full in the view of her thief, whorish eye. She cannot miss it, sir. I see it so plain that I could steal it myself. Places the chain. Perhaps thou shalt do that, or something is weighty. What she leaves, thou shalt come closely in and filch away and all the weight upon her back I'll lay. You cannot assure that, sir. No? What lets it? Being a stout girl, perhaps you'll desire pressing. Then all the weight must lie upon her belly. Belly or back, I care not, so I've won. You're of that mind for that, sir. Hang up my rough band with the diamond at it. It may be she'll like that best. Aside. It's well for her that she must have her choice. He thinks nothing too good for her. If you hold on this mind a little longer, it shall be the first work I do to turn thief myself. To do a man good to be hanged when he's so well provided for. Hangs up the rough band. So well said. All hangs well. Would she hung so too? The sight would please me more than all their glisterings. Oh, that my mysteries to such straits should run, that I must rob myself to bless my son. Exit. Enter Sebastian Wengrave, Mary Fitzallard, disguised as a page, and Maul in her male dress. Thou hast done me a kind office, without touch either of sin or shame, our loves are honest. I'd scorn to make such shift to bring you together else. Now have I time and opportunity without all fear to bid thee welcome, love. Kisses, Mary. Never with more desire and harder venture. How strange this shows! One man to kiss another? I kiss such men to choose more. Methinks a woman's lips taste well in a doublet. Many an old madam has the better fortune, then, whose breaths grew stale before the fashion came. If that will help em, as you think twill do, they'll learn in time to pluck on the hose, too. 
The older they wax, mall troth, I speak seriously, as some have a conceit, their drink tastes better in an outlandish cup than in our own. So methinks every kiss she gives me now, in this strange form, is worth a pair of two. Here we are safe and furthest from the eye of all suspicion. This is my father's chamber, upon which floor he never steps till night, where he mistrusts me not, nor I his coming. At mine own chamber he still pries unto me. My freedom is not there at mine own finding. Still checked and curbed, here he shall miss his purpose. And what's your business now you have your mind, sir? At your great suit I promised you to come. I pitied her for name's sake that a mole should be so crossed in love when there's so many that owes nine lays apiece and not so little. My tailor fitted her. How like you his work? So well, no art can mend it for this purpose, but to thy wit and help we are chief in debt and must live still beholding. Any honest pity I'm willing to bestow upon poor ring-doves. I'll offer no worse play. Nay, and you should, sir. I should draw first, and prove the quicker man. Hold, there shall need no weapon at this meeting, but cause thou shalt not loose thy fury idle. Here, take this viol, run upon the guts, and end thy quarrel singing. Takes down, and gives her a vial. Like a swan above bridge. For look you, here's the bridge, and here am I. Hold on, sweet mole. I've heard her much commended, sir, for one that was ne'er taught. I'm much beholding to em. Well, since you'll needs put us together, sir, I'll play my part as well as I can. It shall ne'er be said I came into a gentleman's chamber and let his instrument hang by the walls. Why, well said, Moll, I faith. It had been a shame for that gentleman than that would have let it hung still and ne'er offered thee it. There it should have been still, then, for Moll, for though the world judge impudently of me, I ne'er came into that chamber yet where I took down the instrument myself. Pish! Let them prate abroad. Thou art here where thou art known and loved. There be a thousand closed dames that will call the viol an unmannerly instrument for a woman, and therefore talk broadly of thee, when you shall have them sit wider to a worse quality. Push! I ever fall asleep and think not of em, sir. And thus I dream. Prithee. Let's hear thy dream, Mole. I dream there is a mistress, and she lays out the money. She goes unto her sisters, she never comes at any. Re enters her Alexander behind. She says she went to the burst for patterns. You shall find her at St. Catharines, and comes home with ne'er a penny. That's a free mistress, faith. Aside. Ay, ay, ay. Like her that sings it, one of thine own choosing. But shall I dream again? Here comes a wench will brave ye, her courage was so great. She lay with one of the navy, her husband lying near the fleet, yet oft with him she cavilled. I wonder what she ails, her husband's ship lay gravelled, when hers could hoist up sails. Yet she began, like all my foes, to call whore first, for so do those a pox of all false tales. Mary, amen, say I. Aside. So say I, too. Hang up the vial now, sir. All this while I was in a dream. One shall lie rudely, then. But being awake, I keep my legs together. 
A watch. What's o'clock here? Aside. Now, now she's trapped. Between one and two. Nay, then I care not. A watch and a musician are cousin Germans in one thing. They must both keep time well, or there's no goodness in them. The one deserves to be dashed against a wall, and t'other to have his brains knocked out with a fiddle-case. What? A loose chain and a dangling diamond? Here were brave booty for an evening thief now. As many a younger brother would be glad to look twice in at a window for it, and wriggle in and out like an eel in a stand-bag. Oh, if men's secret youthful faults should judge em, twould be the generalest execution that ever was seen in England. There would be but few left to sing the ballets. There would be so much work. Most of our brokers would be chosen for hangmen. A good day for them. They might renew their wardrobes of free cost, then. This is the roaring wench must do us good. No poison, sir, but serves us for some use, which is confirmed in her. Peace, peace, foot, I did hear him sure, where'er he be. Who did you hear? My father, twas like a sight of his, I must be wary. Aside. No, will't not be? Am I alone so wretched that nothing takes? I'll put him to his plunge for it. Life, here he comes. Sir, I beseech you, take it. Your way of teaching does so much content me. I'll make it four pound. Here's forty shillings, sir. I think I name it right. Help me, good mole, forty in hand. Offering money. Sir, you shall pardon me. I have more of the meanest scholar I can teach. This pays me more than you have offered yet. At the next quarter, when I receive the means my father loathes me, you shall have the t'other forty. Aside, then coming forward. This were well now, what to a man whose sorrows had blind eyes, but mine behold his follies and untruths with two clear glasses. How now? Sir? What's he there? You're come in good time, sir. I have a suit to you. I'd crave your present kindness. What's he there? A gentleman, a musician, sir, one of an excellent figuring. Aside. Ay, I think so. I wonder how they escaped her. He has the most delicate stroke, sir. Aside. A stroke, indeed. I feel it at my heart. Puts down all your famous musicians. Aside. Ay, a whore may put down a hundred of them. Forty shillings is the agreement, sir, between us. Now, sir, my present means mounts but to half on't. And he stands upon the whole? Ay, indeed does he, sir. And will do still, he'll ne'er be an other tale. Therefore I'd stop his mouth, sir, and I could. Hmm, true. There is no other way, indeed. Aside. His folly hardens. Shame must needs succeed. Now, sir, I understand you profess music. I am a poor servant to that liberal science, sir. Where is't you teach? Right against Clifford's Inn. Hmm, that's a fit place for it. You've many scholars. And some of worth whom I may call my masters. Aside. Ay, true, a company of whore-masters. You teach to sing, too? Marry do I, sir. I think you'll find an apt scholar of my son, especially for prick-song. I have much hope of him. Aside. I'm sorry for it. I have the less for that. 
You can play any lesson? At first sight, sir. There's a thing called the witch. Can you play that? I would be sorry any one should mend me in it. Aside. Ay, I believe thee. Thou'st so bewitched my son, no care will mend the work that thou hast done. I have bethought myself, since my art fails, I'll make her policy the art to trap her. Here are four angels marked with holes in them, fit for his cracked companions. Gold he'll give her, these will I make induction to her ruin, and rid shame from my house, grief from my heart. Here, son, in what you take content and pleasure, want shall not curb you. Pay the gentleman his latter half in gold. Gives money. I thank you, sir. Aside and exit. Oh, may the operation on end three, in her life, shame in him, and grief in me. Faith, thou shalt have him, tis my father's gift. Never was a man beguiled with better shift. He that can take me for a male musician, I cannot choose but make him my instrument, and play upon him. Excellent. Scene two, before Gallopot shop. Enter Mistress Gallopot and Mistress Openwork. Is then that bird of yours, Master Goshawk, so wild? A goshawk, a potok, all for prey. He angles for fish, but he loves flesh better. Is possible his smooth face should have wrinkles in't, and we not see them? Possible? Why, have not many handsome legs, in silk stockings, villainous splay feet for all their great roses? Troth, sirrah, thou sayst true. Didst never see an archer, thou'st, walked by Bunhill, look a squint when he drew his bow? Yes, when his arrows have flying toward Islington, his eyes have shot clean contrary towards Pimlico. For all the world, so does Master Goshock double with me. Oh, fie upon him! If he double once, he's not for me. Because Goshock goes in a shagruff band, with a face sticking up into which shows like an adjunct set in a crampering. He thinks I'm in love with him. Lass, I think he takes his mark amiss in thee. He has, by often baiting into me, made me believe that my husband kept a whore. Very good. Swore to me that my husband this very morning went in a boat with that tilt over it to the three pigeons of Brainford, and his punk with him under his tilt. That were wholesome. I believed it. Fella swearing at him, cursing of harlots, made me ready to hose up sail and be there as soon as he. So, so. And for that voyage, Gosha comes hither incontentently. But, sirrah, this water spaniel dies after no duck but me. His hope is having me at Brainford to make me cry quack. Art sure of it? Sure of it. My poor innocent openwork came in as I was poking my ruff. Presently hit I him in the teeth with the three pigeons. He forswore all. I up and opened all, and now stands he in a shop, hard by like a musket on the rest, to hit Goshuk in the eye when he comes to fetch me to the boat. Such another lame gelding offered to carry me through thick and thin. Laxton, sirrah, but I am rid of him now. Happy is the woman can be rid of them all. Lass, what are you whisking gallants to our husbands? Weigh him right, man for man. Troth, mere shallow things. Idle, simple things, running heads, and yet let em run over us never so fast. We shopkeepers, when all's done, are sure to have em in our purse nets at length. 
and when they are in lord what simple animals they are then they hang the head then they droop then they write letters then they cog then they deal underhand with us and we must ingle with our husbands abed and we must swear there are our cousins and able to do us a pleasure at court and yet when we have done our best all's but put into a riven dish we are but thumped at and libelled upon oh if it were the good lord's will there were a law made no citizen should trust any of them at all enter gossock hush sirrah gosshock flatters how now are you ready nay are you ready a little thing you see makes us ready us why must she make one in the voyage oh by any means do i know how my husband will handle me aside foot how shall i find water to keep these two mills going well since you'll needs be clapped under hatches if i seal not with both till all split hang me up at the main yard and duck me aside it's but liquoring them both soundly and then you shall see their cork heels fly up like two swans when their tails are above water and their long necks under water diving to catch gudgeons come come oars and steady ready the tide's with us on with those false faces blow winds and thou shalt take thy husband casting out his net to catch fresh salmon at brainford aside i believe you'll eat of a cod's head of your own dressing before you reach half-way thither she and mistress openwork then mask themselves so so follow close pin as you go enter laxton muffled do you hear yes i thank my ears i must have a bout with your pothic hairy ship at what weapon i must speak with you no no you shall shall away soused sturgeon half fish half flesh faith gib are you spitting i'll cut your tail puss-cat for this lass poor laxton i think thy tail's cut already your worst if i do not exit come have you done enter open work how now sweet master goshawk none more welcome i have wanted your embracements when friends meet the music of the spheres sounds not more sweet than does their conference who is this rosamond wife how now sister silence if you love me why masked does the mask grieve you sir it does then you are best get you a mummin so foot you'll spoil all may not we cover our bare faces with masks as well as you cover your bald heads with hats no masks why the thieves to beauty that rob eyes of admiration in which true love lies why are masks worn why good or why desired unless by their gay covers wits are fired to read the vildest looks many bad faces because rich gems are treasured up in cases pass by their privilege current but as caves damn misers gold so masks are beauty's graves men ne'er met women with such muffled eyes but they curse her that first did masks devise and swear it was some beldam come off with it i will not good faces masked are jewels kept by sprites hide none but bad ones for they poison men's sights show them as shopkeepers do their broidered stuff by owl light fine wares cannot be open enough prithee sweet rose come strike this sale 
Sail? Huh? Yes, wife, strike sail, for storms are in thine eyes. They are here, sir, in my brows, if any rise. Huh? Brows? What says she, friend? Pray tell me why your two flags were advanced. The comedy, come, what's the comedy? Westward ho. How? Tis westward ho, she says. It's market day at Brainford, and your ware not sent up yet. What market day? What ware? A pie with three pigeon in it. Tis drawn and stairs. You're cutting up. As you regard my credit. Art mad? Yeah, Leitra's goat, baboon. Baboon? Then toss me in a blanket. Do I eat well? Rarely. Belike, sir, she's not well. Best leave her. No, I'll stand the storm now, how fierce soe'er it blow. Did I for this lose all my friends, refuse rich hopes and golden fortunes, to be made a stale to a common whore? This does amaze me. Oh, God, oh, God, feed a reversion now. Rosamond. Aside. I sweat, would I lay in cold harbour. Thou hast struck ten thousand daggers through my heart. Not I, by heaven, sweet wife. Go, devil, go. That which thou swearest by dumps thee. Shart, will you undo me? Why stay you here? The star by which you sail shines yonder above Chelsea. You lose your shore if this moon light you. Seek out your light whore. Huh? Push, you western pug. Zounds, now hell roars. With whom you tilted in a pair of oars, this very morning. Oars? At Brainford, sir. Rack not my patience, Master Goshawk. Some slave has buzzed this into her, has he not? I run a tilt in Brainford with a woman? Tis a lie. What old board tells thee this? Steph, tis a lie. Tis one thy face shall justify all that I speak. Odd so do but name that rascal. No, sir, I will not. Aside. Keep thee there, girl, then. Sister, know you this varlet? Yes. Swear true, is there a rogue so low damned? A second Judas, a common hangman, cutting a man's throat? Does it to his face? Bite me behind my back? A cur dog? Swear if you know this hellhound. In truth, I do. His name? Not for the world to have you to stab him. Aside. Oh, brave girls, worth gold. Drawing his sword. A word, honest, Master Goshawk. What do you mean, sir? Keep off, and if the devil can give a name to this new fury, hollow it through my ear, or wrap it up in some hid character. I'll ride to Oxford and watch out mine eyes, but I'll hear the brazen head speak, or else show me but one hair of his head or beard, that I may sample it. If the fiend I meet in mine own house, I'll kill him in the street, or at the church door. There, cause he seeks to untie the knot God fastens, he deserves to die. My husband titles him. Master Goshawk, pray, sir, swear to me that you know him or know him not. Who makes me at Brainford to take up a petticoat beside my wife's? By heaven, uh, that man I know not. Come, come, you lie. Will you not have all out? By heaven I know no man beneath the moon should do you wrong, but if I had his name, I'd print it in text letters. Print thy own, then. Didst not thou swear to me he kept his whore? And in that sinful Brainford they would commit that which our lips did water at, sir, huh? That hast woven thy cunning web in mine own house to snare me. Hast not thou sucked nourishment even underneath this roof? 
and turned it all to poison. Spitting it on thy friend's face, my husband, he as twere sleeping, only to leave him ugly to mine eyes, that they might glance on thee. Speak, are these lies? Mine own shame me confounds. No more he's stung. Who'd think that in one body there could dwell deformity and beauty, heaven and hell? Goodness, I see, is but outside. We all set in rings of gold stones that be counterfeit. I thought you none. Pardon me. Truth I do. This blemish grows in nature, not in you. For man's creation sticks even moles in scorn on fairest cheeks. Wife, nothing is perfect born. I thought you had been born perfect. What's this whole world but a guilt-rotten pill? For at the heart lies the old chore still. I'll tell you, Master Goshawk, in your eye I have seen wanton fire, and then to try the soundness of my judgment, I told you I kept a whore, made you believe it was true, only to feel how your pulse beat. But find the world can hardly yield a perfect friend. Come, come, a trick of youth, and tis forgiven. This rub put by, our love shall run more even. You'll deal upon men's wives no more. No, you teach me a trick for that. Troth do not, Dalloriashti. Make my house yours, sir, still. No. I say you shall. Seeing thus besieged, it holds out, will never fall. Enter Galapot, followed by Greenwood, disguised as Sumner, and Laxton muffled aloof off. How now? With me, sir? You, sir, I have gone snuffing up and down by your door this hour to watch for you. What's the matter, husband? I have caught a cold in my head, sir, by sitting up late in the Rose Tavern, but I hope you understand my speech. So, sir. I cite you by the name of Hippocrates Gallopot, and you by the name of Prudence Gallopot, to appear upon Crustino, do you see, Crustino Sancti Danastani, this Easter term in Bow Church. Where, sir? What says he? Bow, Bow Church to answer to a libel of pre-contract on the part and behalf of the said prudence and another. Your best, sir, take a copy of the citation. Tis but twelve pence. A citation? A citation? You pocky-nosed rascal, what slave fees you to this? Coming forward. Slave? I have nothing to do with you, do you hear, sir? Laxton, is it not? What fagery is this? Trust me, I thought, sir, this storm long ago had been full laid, when, if you be remembered, I paid you the last fifteen pound, besides the thirty you had first, for then you swore. Tush, tush, sir, oaths, truth, yet I am loath to vex you. Tell you what, make up the money I had a hundred pound, and take your belly full of her. An hundred pound? What, a hundred pound? He gets none. What, a hundred pound? Sweet Prue, be calm. The gentleman offers thus. If I will make the monies that are past a hundred pound, he will discharge all courts, and give his bond never to vex us more. A hundred pound? Lass, take, sir, but three score. Do you seek my undoing? I'll not bait one sixpence. I'll maul you, puss, for spitting. Do thy worst. Will fourscore stop thy mouth? No. You're a slave. Thou cheat. I'll now tear money from thy throat. Husband, lay hold on yonder tawny coat. Nay, gentlemen, 
Seeing your women are so hot, I must lose my hair in their company, I see. Takes off his false hair. His hair sheds off, and yet he speaks not so much in the nose as he did before. He has had the better chirurgeon. Master Greenwit, is your wit so raw as to play no better a part than a sumner's? I pray who plays a knack to know an honest man in this company? Dear husband, pardon me. I did dissemble, told thee I was his pre-contracted wife. When letters came from him for thirty pound, I had no shift but that. A very clean shift, but able to make me lousy. On. Husband, I plucked. When he had tempted me to think well of him, gelt feathers from thy wings to make him fly more lofty. Ah, uh, the top of you, wife, on. He, having wasted them, comes now for more, using me as a ruffian doth his whore, whose sin keeps him in breath. By heaven, I vow thy bed he never wronged more than he does now. My bed? Ha <laughs> ha, like enough. A shop-board will serve to have a cuckold's coat cut out upon. Of that we'll talk hereafter. You're a villain. Hear me, but speak, sir. You shall find me none. Pray, sir, be patient and hear him. I am muzzled for biting, sir. Use me how you will. The first hour that your wife was in my eye, myself with other gentlemen sitting by in your shop, tasting smoke and speech being used that men who have fairest wives are most abused and hardly scaped the horn your wife maintained that only such spots in city dames were stained justly but by men's slanders for her own part she vowed that you had so much of her heart no man by all his wit by any while never so fine spun should yourself beguile of what in her was yours yet prue tis well play out your game at irish sir who wins the trial is when she comes to bearing i scorned one woman thus should brave all men and which more vexed me a she-citizen Therefore I laid siege to her, out she held, gave many a brave repulse, and me compelled with shame to sound retreat to my hot lust. Then seeing all base desires raked up in dust, and that to tempt her modest ears I swore ne'er to presume again, she said her eye would give me welcome honestly and since i was a gentleman if it run low she would my state relieve not to o'erthrow your own and hers did so then seeing i wrought upon her meekness me she said it not and yet to try if i could turn that tide you see what stream i strove with but, sir, I swear by heaven, and by those hopes men lay up there, I never have nor had a base intent to wrong your bed. What's done is merriment. Your gold I pay back with this interest. When I had most power to do it, I wronged you least. If this no gallery be, sir... No, no, on my life. 
then sir i am beholden not to you wife but master laxton to your want of doing ill which it seems you have not gentlemen tarry and dine here all brother we have a jest as good as yours to furnish out a feast we'll crown our table with it wife brag no more of holding out who most brags is most whore excellent end of act four